Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Who are you? Let me just ask you that again. Who are you? of a good relationship with intentions and goals is keeping in mind that the primary aim of setting and working towards those goals is to feel the way you want to feel. The external things we want to have and do and experience, those are your secondary goals, all of which will get you back to the whole cosmic point, experiencing your core desired feelings.
here's the diamond of it all. Knowing how you actually want to feel is the most potent form of clarity that you can have. And generating those feelings is the most powerfully creative thing that you can do with your life. It is your birthright to have your desires fulfilled. Every desire is a prayer. Desire is the underpinning of manifestation. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. That was Daniel Laporte on Monique Rhodes' Heartbeat album, Desire is Divine. Are you happy with that? Every thought is a prayer. Do we really want every thought to become reality? I know that some of my thoughts, I don't want them to become a reality. And yet, um, in the back of my mind, there is this sort of awareness that You know, if this thought continues, it could manifest at some point in my soul's journey. And, you know, I think about those things a lot because we are the ones responsible for the events that occur in our lives and the way we're going to respond to these events. And nowadays, every second, there is an event happening in our country, in our world, in our personal lives that are asking us to respond or react. Respond means however I deal with this scene, there's a consequence. Or react, I will do whatever I want to do, not with the awareness that there's a consequence. Do I respond or do I react? So I hope that you had a really, really special Mother's Day uh, weekend last week. There was a beautiful article on my wonderful Mama Gita, Sister Gita in Thrive Global. So when you get a chance to go to see it, it's about uh, the story of this courageous woman of faith. And I've been—I want to thank everyone who's been sending in emails and text messages, who read that story and and found it extremely heart-wrenching and rising as well. Because as she continues with her struggle in life, um, there is just no doubt that the soul has just this deep, deep mindset of love for humanity and love for the universe, the divine. So, as usual, we are moving on in our journey here in the beautiful United States of America, and there's just a lot of energy that is emerging, and it's asking us to situate ourselves in a place where we might have to keep changing our minds on certain issues. But there's one thing that I know for sure. Let me not change my mind on being a human being with character and grace and values. But once we give that up, our minds can be everywhere. Our situations can go everywhere. And even though we hear about the economy of America is doing the best that it ever has in years, and I've heard that, there are so many that are struggling. I mean, I wonder... Well, where's all this money? I hear about it everywhere that everyone's just riding in the money and stuff. And I just wonder, is like financial abundance really just a mindset? Is it really just the way I view how I'm supposed to show up in the world? And does it really, um, uh, is my success really connected to how many toys I've acquired over my lifetime? the jets, the cars, the relationships, the clothes, the name brand, the prestige. And even though I believe acquiring all of that is a blessing, I'm not denying that, 
that if you have that karmic abundance, please keep being grateful and keep blessing it. But also be like the um, the Gates, who seem to be such a solid couple. And I really wish them continued success and blessings because as affluent as they are, they are using their lives for good and they're being more of this charitable couple, which is setting such a beautiful example. So when I try to perceive what their mindset is like, I see this beautiful, holistic way of handling money. But today, I want to bring on our next guest because we're going to talk to Dr. Janice Hughes. Dr. Janice Hughes is a leader, a teacher, an author, and an executive and business coach to thousands of professionals worldwide because her blend is of intuition, practicality, and incredible focus. It has especially made her a role model for professional women. Now, Dr. Hughes was able to bring her unique voice and executive coaching skills to help cure Mark, a startup biotechnology company growing from inception to become a mature force in the area of autism and other neurological disorders where there is an unmet healthcare need. And along the way, increase the value of the company from $20 million to a valuation of over $150 billion. Now, that's somebody you want on your side. Throughout her career now, Dr. Hughes has worked in environments where convention meets unconvention at the crossroads where health, science, and humanity all meet. This has allowed her to break through many barriers, both real and imagined, and her work on the scores her life in that anything is possible. No is only a two-letter word, and with good leadership and a great idea, one can definitely change the world. She has created the framework for her work, the pillars of success from a blend of her own life experiences, as well as coaching entrepreneurs and world leaders. She is the co-author of Inspired Wealth, Financial Leadership for the 21st Century. Today, we're privileged to welcome Dr. Janice Hughes to the air. Hello, Dr. Hughes. Glad that you could make it. Well, hello there, Sister Jenna. It's a pleasure. You know, there's so much talk in the world today about the law of attraction and wealth and creation. And I had some issues with this documentary movie that came out called The Secret, which talked all about, you know, what you think you create and you bring all this wealth. But it never took us to part two. How do you sustain the abundance? And, you know, what's the journey after that? Because you can put so much energy in something, Dr. Hughes. And then by the time you acquire it, you're exhausted. Like people who win the lottery, for example, they lose it within two to three years. So help us to learn about this energy of money. And does the law of attraction uh, actually create wealth? Is it a wealth creation? No, it's so intriguing because the law of attraction basically has nothing to do with money. You know, Mm -hmm. it can be applied to money. But the law of attraction, you know, for all of your listeners, it's, it's as simple as stopping and realizing that, you know, who we are, our, our imprint, our energy is what has been bringing the people, places, and things into our life. And that's obviously wonderful when we're really feeling fulfilled, when we have those great things in our lives. When we want some change, you know, a big piece of it is just simply how do we work on shifting our energy to attract those new or different things that we're interested in attracting? So it's so intriguing that the law of attraction, obviously so often people just go to that it is money or in the secret. What a lot of people did, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say repel, was that it was about cars or jewelry or money. Yeah, But it's just equally as much about, you know, your friends, the people around you, you know, the life experiences you're having. So, you know, it can be applied to our financial well-being, but it, it isn't like distinctly only about that. Yeah, I felt it really took us off course where we were using something as powerful as uh, our sacred thinking and our sacred vision for our own lives, and we made it very limited. You know, let me get the Rolls Mm -hmm. Royce and the mansion now and, and the clothes and the great husband. And I think all those things are great and fine, but that's not how I should use my sacred capacity. I think there's some, yeah. there's something so much more to it. You have talked about the principle of attraction and that there are 28 laws of attractability. Now, we don't have all day on air to cover the 28 laws, but could you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, it's a concept just around applying some simple actions to enhance our vibration, to help us become that much more authentic, you know, and create that attractability. You know, and the, the simple way, you know, why I really, my background as a coach, created sort of a framework like that related to healthcare practitioners, related to other professionals like, you know, real estate agents, you know, and taking different industries and saying, well, what are some simple actions that we can take to be working on this concept or bringing more of it. And so, you know, instead of going sort of through 28 laws, like you say, we don't really have time, but, you know, a big piece of it, you know, is for all of your listeners, you know, what can I focus on now? What is a simple shift or a simple action that allows me to become clear about this idea of the law of attraction? And, you know, as it relates to money, you know, a simple thing is to think about, you know, as we give of our time, energy, in some cases money as we tithe or, or support different groups. You know, mm-hmm. a big part of the cycle, you know, money equals energy. And so you mm-hmm. put that good out in the world or you put your talents out in the world. And, and how do you allow to understand that you will receive in relationship to giving out those gifts. So the 28 laws are just some actual concrete actions or steps. But, you know, a big part of it is just, you know, for all of your listeners, you know, what are some simple things we can do now if it is, say, related to money, but it's more about that abundance. How do I bring more abundance into my life now? And share with me one or two of your favorite of the 28 laws of attraction. Yeah, so... You know, basically, my favorite is recognizing that as I seed anything out, then be thankful and grateful for what is returning, for what is coming Mm -hmm. into my life. So it may be even just within that day, you know, one of the actions, and I know some of your work talks so much about thankfulness and gratitude, you know, and I think a lot of times we give lip service to that. Oh, absolutely, I'm so thankful. You know, one simple action may be that at the end of your day, you write out five things that you've been thankful for that day. Yeah. Or it might be that an action is as something comes to you, you know, someone brings you a coffee at the office or someone, you know, does something kind for you. Instead of kind of just breezing over that, it could be stopping and saying, thank you. You know, I'm so appreciative mm. of that. It might yeah. be seeding something out, you know, each day that you can, you know, do yourself. You know, a big part of that is just acknowledging people, thanking people, you know, taking a moment to really look at somebody that, you know, again, is if you're in line at a coffee shop, you know, that has served you. You know, so recognizing that, you know, what can I do now related to thankfulness and gratitude. That's that's actually mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Gratitude is such a big part of it, isn't it, Dr. Hughes? And it's something I'm paying more and more attention to. That, And it's the small things that you said. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal that you acknowledge. This is a good thing, you know, just thank you. And I feel like what that pattern of behavior creates in our personality is a deep sense of sincerity and trust in our destiny, which sometimes when we lack that trust and lack that our destiny has something beautiful, you know, beautiful awaiting us, we ourselves can create blockages, especially in our financial security. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. One of the um, exercises that I did with my kids, I have three sons, and Mm -hmm. one of the exercises we did while two of the boys were still living at home in high school is to basically understand or value money. You know, we created a 52-week money challenge in our household, and it was just that we were going to honor money. And so, you know, depending on where everyone's at, we chose a dollar that we were going to take an honor and save a dollar a week. So Mm -hmm. that was based on the week of the year. So the first week of the year, we saved a dollar. The second week of the year, we saved $2. And we just went through the year. And 
recognizing that even my son's in high school, by week 52 of the year, that's fairly significant for young adolescents or for teenagers. You know, but you look at what it was doing. It was helping my kids and myself. I did this as well as we went along, and we were really honoring that, I'll call it stockpile, that stockpile of some reserves. <laughs> we were building reserves, and we were very thankful for it. And at the end of the, the year, at the end of the 52 weeks, it was really quite something to have that stack. I was sort of the keeper. I had a, a nice box <laughs> that we kept that in. And, you know, just really honoring that and seeing that wow. there was abundance even in our own lives. Mm, I love that. I love that practice. I'm actually going to practice that here with, with our family. That's lovely. So how much did yeah, you all acquire by the end of the year? <laughs> well, that's almost $1,400 by the end of the year. Wow. You know, which for any of us, building a reserve, you know, you, you mm -hmm. could call it mad money. You know, somebody listening mm -hmm. that, like, has abundance, you could still think in terms of maybe you challenge that. Maybe you put a zero behind that. You know, for somebody that that is going to be a big stretch, it may be starting simple, the $1 week and the $2 week, you know, is that much easier. But just, again, learning the trust that it is going to be there. The $52 in week 52 is going to be there. You know, and if so you've beautiful. done it in a calendar year, that may be a gift that you are given over Christmas, you know, a gift card. Or maybe instead of getting right. a gift card from your grandparents, there's actually cash in it that year. So, you know, part of it is also the exercise of trust. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the, the more simple we can, you know, come up with exercises, you know, things that have relevance day to day, it allows us to see the abundance. You know, I use another example with a lot of clients. For myself, I just started shifting the idea that I wanted a more full gas tank. You know, if my mm -hmm. gas tank was down at half filled, I would find the next gas station because then I yeah. was always going to have more than enough gas. I'm just and like that. It didn't cost me. <laughs> yeah, it didn't cost me anymore. It's just allowed me to see that there is abundance there. Yes, and it created more trust. I tell that all the time, Dr. Hughes, to the staff, and sometimes when I get in the car and I see that it's less than half or even quarter, I go, why didn't you fill up the gas? You know we have to keep it full. We're in Washington. Mm -hmm. You never know when we have to run out of this place. And we would just Absolutely. laugh, you know. I was giving them this joke. It, it, I guess this is one of the reasons why perhaps you had co-authored that cutting-edge book over a decade ago, Inspired Wealth. The book has creatively brought a coaching approach to money and wealth creation. And is it possible that you can share with the listeners a little bit about the book? Even though it's over a decade old, it's still doing the work. And people are still really honoring money as they should because money is an energy and we are energy. So the way that we right. can somehow have a relationship with it is so essential nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the woman that I co-authored it with, you know, was from the financial industry and, mm -hmm. you know, that traditional financial planner. And, and we had talked a lot. We'd had these great conversations, myself as a, as a chiropractor, as a healer, and, you know, herself from the financial world. And we ended up finding this really interesting consciousness even as we talked money and so ultimately co-authored the book together. And, and it, we, we sort of laugh and talk about it was kind of a book before its time. So the ideas yeah. in it are still so pertinent because I think more and more people have become open to those ideas. You know, she has continued to use the work um, throughout Canada as a financial planner and working with some high net worth families. You know, we've applied it to all of these different industries and, you know, just this idea of these 12 principles that are within it, you know, and, and how as we study them and as we embrace them and bring a coaching approach, it's really taking the 28 laws of attractability, putting them into 12 financial principles and allowing people to walk through those stages. So, you know, again, it was a little bit before its time, which is where, you know, now it's transitioned into lots of other different kinds of work or for myself, I call it the money mindset that a little bit more now, even compared to Inspired Wealth, that these principles are just as pertinent today as they were in 2002 when we first wrote it. 
Well, maybe that's one of the reasons why we're looking at the financial world with a little bit of a different insight as well. You never know the impact these things are making. But also in the book, you do say something that struck me very, very deeply. You say that most of us are taught to think about wealth creation as calculated, linear, and primarily quantitative in approach. But you say that wealth comes from within. What determines our capacity for wealth creation and why is it? all about our mindset. Well, it's about, you know, who we are and how we show up in the world. And so Mm -hmm. our mindset is one of the first and most tangible places to become aware, to take a look at what we're thinking. You know, it really links with that idea that thoughts become things. But what's happening is our thoughts are generally so random and or, you know, about the past and or fears about the future and not often completely present. So all the things we've kind of been talking about already, you know, that idea of gratitude or thankfulness, seeing out, you know, in the world examples of abundance or finding more abundance in our own life, what that is all doing is it's concrete, tangible actions every day or every week that are allowing us to take a look at how we're thinking. And so how we think determines what, you know, our energy is, how we're expressing our gifts, and therefore ultimately the energy and the attractability that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give me, for example, a thought that we might not be aware of that we're having on a regular basis that is pushing the abundance away from our karmic lives, from our world? Yeah, um, for myself, it was that um, money didn't grow on trees. And I I didn't realize if you had asked me, I never would have said, oh, that's something that I think. But the deeper I began to understand some of the work and some of the things I was being asked to do, you know, basically raising money, you know, for a startup biotech company, you know, was that I recognized I had certain blocks myself. And Mm -hmm. as I dug into some of the patterns, I was able to dig back to the fact that when I was a child, and for most of us, our belief systems are formed by the time we're about six or seven years old. And that really means that it's based on the people around us. And the, the deeper I began to take a look at it, I can remember my parents saying to me, money doesn't grow on trees. Doesn't grow on trees, Mm -hmm. As a, as a kid, you know, it was like I, I'm sure I was driving them crazy, you know, asking for things. And, you know, I tease that I came from a family we didn't, we didn't have money. Now, we had a lot of love. We had a lot of the things that I think so many people are searching for with their money. We, we had that. But there was, you know, if anything, a shortage of, of the actual concrete money. You know, so I think as a child, I was probably driving them crazy about stuff. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize that that was such a subconscious belief for me. And then what was I going to do about it? The more aware I became about it, you know, you can't turn around and say, well, I'm just changing that all overnight. And wait a minute, there is just abundance everywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. it was, well, how do I even recognize that that's been running some of my patterns, or every time I go to spend dollars, you know, how could I look at those differently? You know, what actions could I take? So it takes a little bit of consciousness and a little bit of usually some good coaching work or having people in your life or a course you're taking or something that's bringing this new energy, you know, but it was allowing me to see that I didn't even know that that thought or belief was there every time I was even going to spend Holding you back. Wow. Now, when did you realize that you had opened up and removed that block? Was it because externally it started to present itself, or was there a completely different way in which you started to think? You stopped using the quote, money doesn't grow on tree. You knew that for sure. But, but, but yeah. was there a particular way that you identified, oh, I'm open, I, I'm ready, I, I've removed that block? I just had to embrace it. I had to say, yes, I'm ready, willing, and able for change, you know, and Mm. then I could, you know, change my state. You know, there's three things for your listeners to be able to change their, their state, you know, 
as you're aware of something or a negativity, you know, if you shift your body posture, so if you're mm-hmm. sitting, you know, could you stand? If you're, you know, feeling yourself really tight, could you relax? You know, could you change your body positioning? You know, the second thing is alter your thought right then, right there. And then the third thing for state change is generally your breathing. You know, so if you've been physiologically really tight and your postures are really tight and you're really shallow mm-hmm. breathing, you know, could you take one deep breath? Could you relax? Mm. Could you right then and there say something different? So as humans, by the time we even wake up in the morning, we've had thousands of negative thoughts, both conscious and and subconscious. And so it's not true to say, you know, why I even know that that statement is that there are still times in my life where something deep is going to say money doesn't grow in trees or I'm tight Mm. about money. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I can, in that instant, now I'm that much more aware. So to me, magic is when we become aware of this and then change my posture, change my breath, and instantly change your thought. Mm, I love that. And so it doesn't mean that we can also say, you know, Sister Jenna, oh, I'm wealthy. You know, because if you have nothing to say, oh, I am incredibly wealthy, you know, that powerful concept of an affirmation, it's almost too big a jump. You know, every part of your physiology, every part of your thinking is screaming, no, you're not. Whereas Hmm. if you could even say, I am becoming open, I honor Mm -hmm. abundance. I allow abundance to, you know, flow into my life. Mm-hmm. So some concrete new statement for yourself is very empowering because that's going to help pattern interrupt that old pattern, that old belief. We might call it more negative belief, you know, but again, realizing that, you know, for any of us, you know, as conscious as you are and your team is, let's face it, it is little things like we go out and somebody forgot to fill the gas tank up, you know, <laughs> or the things that we're trying to practice. Oh, it's like, wow, I really blew that. Yes, you know, so yes. instead of beating ourselves up, it's becoming aware enough to say, oh, I'm going to just shift that thought right now. Wow, that's good. That really requires a lot of attention on the self, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's important. It's that I think that's really what it is, you know, especially the part that you talk about inspired wealth. To be able to really be more mindful on what you are thinking and discern. Is this thought towards benefit? Is it towards my goals, my dreams, a better version of me? Or is this something from my past that's unfulfilled, which I can never get again because it's done? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know that driving energy of your past that just blocks everything that you're about just because we're not aware of it and, and it's just right. getting in the way. Yeah. I want to talk about the Family Learning Center, which is um, a, an, an organization that you support. Giving back means a lot to you. Could you tell us a little bit about the work of this organization? Why has it, why has it become so important for you to support this when you could do a variety of other ones? Yeah, this is within the community that I live. And... Mm-hmm. Um, One of the things I've done, a lot of different sort of giving, philanthropic things. You know, I've done different healthcare mission trips. And, you know, as I was off doing those things, you know, I obviously was being so fueled, like it allowed me to appreciate my life, all of those, you know, sort of messages and lessons. And yet coming home, coming back to where I lived, it was like, well, you know, how can I shift or create something different in my own community? And my connection to the Family Learning Center, um, which is a center in in Boulder, Colorado, that really helps and works with, um, I'm going to call it, um, unmet um, needs of um, minority populations. And, you know, within a medium-sized community, Boulder, Colorado, great place to live, lots of Mm -hmm. affluence, a college town. But there are a lot of families um, that do not even hit the poverty line. There are families that are not thriving. And Mm -hmm. my son, my youngest son, was a football player, 
and multiple sport athlete, but particularly in football from a young age, um, we were really connected with a lot of those families. And what I loved about the Family Learning Center is it was founded and created by its current executive director. And um, she basically was saying it was about education, how to help any child, no matter what their economic means, to have that education to see that education is really critically important in breaking the cycle of poverty. And so my own son became very connected with the center. They had Mm -hmm. um, after-school educational programs. And my son is dyslexic. And what I found is by, you know, doing some online summer courses or extra tutoring or even in high school they did a leadership course where they took a lot of, these kids and put them on the university campus a couple times a week so they could begin to see themselves in that environment. And this was really instrumental for my own son, for my family. And ultimately then I was giving money, time, energy. I sat on their board for a few years. And and so I, I really encourage others. Like for me, it was one thing to go off into the world, to go to Haiti and other places and do mission work, which is phenomenal. I realized for myself there are so often things within our own community. And Boulder, Colorado, this center is still very unknown. You know, it's not in the center of town. There's not a high-profile office. You know, the work they do is changing so many kids' and families' lives. And so that's why it's very, very near and dear to me. That's beautiful. Sounds like it. Is there a website that individuals can find out information about the Family Learning Center? Yeah, they can either just Google the Family Learning Center, Boulder, Colorado, or it's um, flc.com is the website. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So as we come to a close of our beautiful conversation on money as energy and so many other things, what's the main message that you'd like to leave our incredible listeners with? Abundance is all around us, and abundance is within us. And it's just that awareness, so recognizing that, you can tap into this. Any of us can tap into this. Mm, love that. Needed to hear that today. Well, leave us with a website for you and, and continued success and joy. And thank you for joining us on air today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Jenna. And it's uh, Dr. as in Dr. com, And that's my personal website. Or they can go to the number two, which is toinspirewomen.com. Beautiful. All the very best. And sounds like you have great sons. <laughs> yes, they're wonderful, wonderful people. <laughs> All right. Take good care. Thank you. Bye now. So we got a lot of insights, everyone, in how to look at the sacredness of money is how I want to call it, the sacredness of money, and to really check if you're holding yourself back from really allowing that abundance to find your address, <laughs> find your Address. If karma has our address, why can't abundance have our address? So let's try to see what we can do together on uh, creating that abundance where the universe keeps saying, oh, yes, for you, for you, for you, for you, for you. And that's going to be a beautiful story to tell. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. And shine so bright, shine so bright that when people are around you, they just too, they too have to shine as bright as well. Looking forward to participating in the Weaver Summit at the Aspen's Institute. So if you want some more information, just go on to America Meditating and click the link that will be there to offer you some information and advice. It's going to be nice. It's called the Weaver Social Project or the Weaver Project by the Aspen Institute, initiated by journalist, award-winning journalist David Brooks. And they're actually going to have a self-care aspect into the session, which I think is huge. There will be over 250 impact social change agents, impactful social change agents from around the country gathering in D.C., And we're going to be talking about really how we can have a more inclusive society and how we can really bridge the divide and find harmony in our relationship and to come out of this I, me, and my consciousness and go into a we 
uh, dimension and work this out. Work this, work this out, and and not be distracted by the voices that are trying to divide us and separate us from one another. All right, so here is um, let's play Inclusion Revolution from my Inclusion Revolution Together with Love meditation CD. And let's all get along at some point, ladies and gentlemen, and keep bringing light into our world. Take care. All the very best. Take this moment and settle inside yourself. Breathe in and exhale. At this moment, I gradually allow my thoughts to settle into peace. And carefully, I observe these thoughts, and I am able to sense if I, the being of consciousness, am in harmony with myself. As a soul, the soul feels everything, whether it is aware of it or not. The heart even though physical, signals to either soul if I'm embracing or resisting, if I'm including or excluding, if I'm loving or if I'm hateful. So behind these eyes sits living soul. In fact, I've come to realize that we are all souls, so we are all the same. Our stories are different, but we are the same in the form of being a soul. And that means we're all included. The soul feels uncomfortable when it excludes anyone because of an attachment to religion, race, gender, nationality, even the body. And every time I find myself excluding someone from my story, I too am excluded from another story. When we hurt, it's a sign that we're in need of a powerful lesson. So sitting in this meditation, I open myself to an unfolding, larger connection for I, the soul, I'm a giver and a receiver of light. And in this consciousness of light, I can embrace the community of all souls and respect every soul for the journey that they're on. Inwards and upwards, from the same source, the divine, the source of love, peace, purity, kindness, and truth. As I sit here in this awareness, I can see and I can feel many things I have in common with another. I can feel that my story is included with theirs and theirs with mine. In this natural awareness of inclusivity, when I think and speak and listen and see from behind my eyes, I release 
stereotypes and illusions from my world because I the soul and energy light the life force when I'm aware of this I'm living a life of inclusivity the more I experience the real I the more I live from the source of love and kindness I am a warrior of inclusivity and I carry my weapons of love to include all and to be included by all my journey is one from inwards and upwards bringing with the real I a natural state of power and beauty as a warrior of inclusivity I'm unstoppable in my every move towards peace unity and love Om Shanti I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.